here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Number 877-381-3811. We will take calls during the course of the show. 877-381-3811. We're going to do this virtually every night for the next few weeks just to remind people who come and go where Joe Biden stands on Social Security and Medicare. I wouldn't normally do this, but since he's a pathological liar... And the corrupt media collectively are pathological liars along with him. And they keep trying to scare you seniors there. I guess I'm one now that they're going to cut Social Security and Medicare, which does need an overhaul. But that's for another day. Cut, he said. And Mitch McConnell took the opportunity to try and take out Rick Scott. His buddy Biden goes without without an attack by McConnell, of course. Just a reminder, 1995 Senator Joe Biden, go. I, when I argued that we should freeze federal spending, I meant Social Security as well. I meant Medicare and Medicaid. I meant veterans. I meant every single solitary thing in the government. And I not only tried it once, I tried it twice, I tried it a third time, and I tried it a fourth time. Yeah, Joe's a little slow. So the question is this then. Why is he going out there and accusing the Republican Party of doing what he did? And then trying to condemn them. Because he's a chameleon. He's sleazy. He is a street politician with a very low IQ. That's what he is. And he's in constant cover-up mode whether it's these things in the sky where you won't give a speech to the American people. Can you think of another president where we've now shot down four objects who goes mum? Who goes mum? Can you think of a, of a president who's essentially mum when it comes to this massive derailment in Ohio and the, and the environmental disaster that that has caused? Oh, now they're starting to speak, but they're always too little, too late. They have to be dragged into these arguments. 
or fentanyl. You think of a president who won't even talk much about fentanyl, which he, in so many respects, is responsible for? All 50 states now have, have ties to drug cartels from Mexico in their states, every major metropolitan area. That wasn't the case two years ago. Pretty amazing, don't you think? And let's look at inflation. There's a reason why Biden didn't talk about inflation today. The spokes idiot didn't talk about inflation today. The other spokes idiot didn't talk about inflation today. There's a reason why the media really haven't covered this today. Because it's a disaster. CNBC inflation rose half a percent in January, more than expected, and up 6.4% from a year ago, Jeff Cox. The CPI consumer price index was up 6.4% from the same period in 2022. Both numbers, the consumer price index, higher than expected across the board increases in shelter, food, and energy. How many of you need shelter, food, and energy? They boosted the index after inflation had showed signs of receding in recent months. Yeah, you know, if you include food and energy and your house or your apartment, you know, other than that, we're doing okay. Super core services inflation, which is key for the Fed and excludes food, energy, and shelter, wrote 0.2% for the month. It was 4% higher than a year ago. Inflation turned higher to start 2023. Rising shelter, gas, and fuel prices took their toll on consumers, the late Department, Labor Department reported. The Consumer Price Index measures a broad basket of common goods and services, half a percent it rose in January. Annual rate is 6.4% inflation. I remember when we had no inflation. None. Rising shelter costs accounted for about half the monthly increase, the Bureau of Labor Statistics reported. That component accounts for more than one-third of the index and rose 0.7% on the month, up 7.9% from a year ago. Now, 0.7% on the month. 0.7% on the month means almost 10% for the year. Energy also was a significant contributor. Gee, I wonder why. Who's destroying our energy independence? Up 2%, and 8.7%, same time last year. Food costs rose 10.1% compared to last year. Rising prices means a loss in real pay for workers. Average hourly earnings fell 0.2% for the month and were down 1.8% from a year ago. So the point of that is, even if you're getting a salary increase, even if you're in areas where the minimum wage is going up, inflation is outpacing your increase. Inflation is still a force in the U.S. economy, in danger of slipping into recession this year, they say. That has come despite the Federal Reserve efforts to quell the problem. The central bank has hiked its benchmark interest rate eight times since March 2022 as inflation rose to its highest level in 41 years last summer. 
So Biden inherits an economy with the lowest inflation in history, probably, certainly in modern times, and then increases it to the highest level in over four decades. And, of course, he's not talking about it. Fed Chairman Jerome Powell has talked about disinflationary forces at play, but January's numbers show the central bank probably still has work to do, and so forth. The next big data point will be retail sales, which hits tomorrow, tomorrow morning at 8.30 Eastern. Economists surveyed by the Dow expect the figure, which is not adjusted for inflation, will show that sales rose 1.9% in January from the prior month. That's certainly what they're hoping. Widespread belief the economy could tip into at least a shallow recession later this year, early 2023. And it goes on. So uh, that's what the Inflation Reduction Act did. It increased inflation. That's what the Infrastructure Act did. By the way, is anybody seeing any infrastructure building that wasn't already going on prior to the passage of the infrastructure bill? I haven't seen any. Have you seen any where you live, Mr. Producer? I haven't seen a new shovel go under the ground. Mr. Producer hasn't. He's in New York. How about Mr. Call Screener? He's in New Jersey. Has he seen anything new? Nothing. I haven't seen anything new in Virginia, and I haven't seen anything new in Florida. But don't worry, they, they spent a trillion dollars in infrastructure with the help of Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham, and Lindsey Graham's out there working with the Democrats for uh, amnesty for two million people. I've about had it with that guy, to be honest with you. It's enough already with the rhinos. So the truth is the economy sucks. That's the truth. Regardless of what anybody else tells you, that's the truth. I want to get into a few other issues here. Like, not only does Biden not talk about these things that violated our own sovereignty, our airspace, as well as Canada's, But apparently there was a briefing of the senators, maybe some House members as well today. Tom Cotton came out of there and said, I was told basically everything I read in the newspaper, everything we already knew. Even a Democrat came out of there. Denang Dick from from Connecticut. And he looked more befuddled than usually. And he usually looks befuddled. And even he was saying, well, we didn't learn a hell of a lot. But unfortunately, we are learning a lot, and so is the enemy. We have the most sophisticated jet fighters on the face of the earth. With the most sophisticated technology, honing systems, radar systems. The F-16 fighter jet set to shoot down the aerial object over Lake Huron, in Michigan, this weekend missed with its first missile. Excuse me? The damn thing is floating. I could hit it with a BB rifle. He missed it. Or she missed it with the first shot, the first missile. Confirms the head of the Joint Chiefs, Mark Milley. He missed it? Ask whether the missile 
Miss changes how the U.S. may go about downing the next aerial object over its territory. Milley said officials go to great lengths to make sure that the airspace is clear and the backdrop is clear to maximum effective range of the missile. He added that the missile landed harmlessly in the water of Lake Huron. It was later tracked. That's not the issue! If we can't hit a friggin' Derringer, whatever the hell it is, how are we going to hit another jet, you idiot? First of the three newer objects, which was shot down from 40,000 feet over Alaska on Friday, was hit after President Biden gave the order. Oh, yeah, he's giving orders. He gave the order on a Wednesday. They shot it down on a Friday. What did they, uh, did he send a honing pigeon? What did he do? Send it by uh, regular first class mail? Please shoot down. The second was brought down on Saturday in northern Canada after Prime Minister Trudeau greenlit the mission and Biden authorized fighter jets to fly into Canada. Guess they don't have any jets left in Canada. The third object, initially labeled an unidentified aircraft, was down Sunday over Lake Huron after initially being spotted Saturday in Montana. Look at that, Phyllis. Look in the sky. Now we got all these radar systems, and it takes Frank and Phyllis to see the damn thing. We don't know where it came from. What do you mean you don't know where it came from? Don't you have eyes on the enemy? The White House said the uncertainty of the surveillance capabilities of the three objects led Biden's orders for the military to shoot them all down. Those of you planning to take air balloons over the week, I I don't recommend it right now. In other words, apparently because we can't track or shoot down spy balloons or these other objects, we can't figure out where they're coming from. The order is just shoot everything down. And that the administration will establish an interagency team to look into unidentified objects in U.S. airspace. Now, the objects are identified, just too late. While the U.S. government's currently pulling parts of the Chinese spy balloon from the Atlantic Ocean, Milley said it will be difficult to recover the three recently downed objects as they have all fallen into very difficult terrain. The second one off the coast of Alaska... Really, really difficult terrain in the Arctic Circle. So very, very low temperatures in the minus 40s. The second one's in the Canadian Rockies and the Yukon. Very difficult to get that one. And the third one is in Lake Huron at probably a couple hundred feet deep. We'll get them eventually, but it's going to take some time to recover those. Really? Your ass is fired. And it's a big ass. Your, your big ass is fired, Millie. Now, where did they come from? What were they? It's just, it's just. We are being let down, as I say over and over again, by this ruling class. It is incompetent. It is a radical left-wing ruling class. These agencies and these departments are used to empower these agencies and departments. They're used to empower the Democrat Party and their radical agenda. They're used to leak information to a corrupt media that in turn embraces, celebrates, 
emboldens the radical left. But we have things in the sky that they can't even describe, that they don't even know where they come from. With the most sophisticated equipment on the face of the earth. There's only one positive thing I can think of coming out of this, Mr. Producer. Maybe the Chinese won't steal as much because they're going, geez, if they can't figure out it's a balloon, maybe we don't need that particular technology. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I want to tell you about something to help you protect your retirement. People are worried about the economy because 2022 didn't go very well. For one thing, there's the crazy spending and debt created by Biden and the Democrats. That huge debt affects your savings, especially pensions, IRAs, and 401ks. It's one reason Americans get gold IRAs, to protect their hard-earned savings. Well, here's a company I trust to help you with a gold IRA, Augusta Precious Metals. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. If you've saved $100,000 or more, save for your IRA or your 401k, sign up for a one-on-one web conference to schedule call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. If you have a financial professional, obviously talk to them before making an investment decision. Visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com and check out the risk disclosures as well. I want to put this marker down again. I am not one of these. I'm not one of these people, conservatives, constitutional conservatives, who says we should be cutting our defense budget. These people don't represent conservatism. They don't represent the vast majority of, of conservatives at all. I don't even think they represent the vast majority of MAGA. You see what communist China is doing? The Soviets never did what communist China is doing. Ever. If we don't muscle up our military, if we don't start walking straight on this stuff, we don't start producing the supplies that we need to back up the forces that we support, and the men and women in uniform who have their lives on the line, we are going to have a world war. Because we're going to provoke these bastards to attack us. I want to tell you about something to help you protect your retirement. People are worried about the economy because 2022 didn't go very well. For one thing, there's the crazy spending and debt created by Biden and the Democrats. That huge debt affects your savings, especially pensions, IRAs, and 401ks. It's one reason Americans get gold IRAs, to protect their hard-earned savings. Well, here's a company I trust to help you with a gold IRA, Augusta Precious Metals. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. If you've saved $100,000 or more, save for your IRA or your 401k, sign up for a one-on-one web conference to schedule call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. If you have a financial professional, obviously talk to them before making an investment decision. Visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com and check out the risk disclosures as well. Mark Levin, America's think tank. And you can call him at 877-381-3811. 
You know, it's the job, and uniquely, and solely the job of the federal government to protect us from foreign threats. States can't do it. Individuals can't do it. And so we build up a defense department, and we expect them to do it. It needs to be a focus of Congress. That's one of Congress's key responsibilities. We call the president the commander-in-chief for a reason. But they've been so busy in distracting themselves and us from what they're supposed to do that uh, we have a problem now. They're busy redistributing wealth. They're busy rearranging our culture and our society. They're busy attacking the productive and delivering for people on the dole. They're busy trying to change the citizenry and the demographics of the country. They're busy trying to replace capitalism with socialism, our culture with Marxism. Busy brainwashing our children, busy doing everything but what they're supposed to do. And I suppose if you believe America is a failed experiment in liberty, I suppose if you believe in the 1619 Project and tearing down our monuments, I suppose if you believe all of that, then why defend the country? We're really two countries in one, maybe more. People who volunteer to defend this country, to fight for this country, people who volunteer to defend the country in our streets, the cops and so forth. And then we have the takers who just make demands. I want student loan forgiveness. I want reparations. Uh, That guy shouldn't have that. I should have that. Redistribution of wealth. Privileges turn into rights. Somebody else's income belongs to strangers, not their family. I'll give you another example. One of the great news sites, Epic Times. Jack Phillips writing, Top lawmaker warns U.S. doesn't have an adequate radar system after flying objects shot down. What? The chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, this is, I believe his name is Mike Rogers, where the U.S. does not have an adequate radar system after multiple incidents involving flying objects in recent days. It's Mike Turner, rather. We don't really have adequate radar system. And we certainly don't have an integrated missile defense system We're going to have to begin to look at the United States airspace as one that we need to defend, said Representative Mike Turner, the new chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, told CNN's State of the Union on Sunday. This shows some of the problems and gaps that we have. Did you know we had problems and gaps in our air defense system over our own continental United States, for God's sakes? This is amazing to me. Maybe we can learn something from the Israelis. They know in a second's time if something's been shot into their skies. The sirens go off. Their Iron Dome system is at the ready. What, what the hell's going on here? 
Lawmakers have sounded the alarm after a suspected Chinese spy balloon was spotted over U.S. territory, February 4. Some of the military called to shoot it down. The aircraft traveled over much of the continental United States before it was downed by an F-22 Raptor on the coast of South Carolina days later. And then, of course, we have uh, all the rest of it going on, including one shot at one object that missed. That missed. Top Republican, this guy Turner, said that he hasn't been briefed on the latest developments around unknown objects being shot down. I think he was today. But he described the lack of intelligence and details particularly annoying, claiming there needs to be more engagement within the administration and Congress while they're in cover-up mode. That is what Biden does. That's what he does. Probably they're a little hesitant after the Chinese balloon fiasco, he said, where they let it go across the country to great criticism, bipartisan, bicameral criticism from Congress. I think it's certainly a new recent development. They have China being so aggressive in entering our country's airspace. Meanwhile, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer told a separate news program Sunday that U.S. officials have indicated to him that they believe the recently shot down objects are balloons, although they're not as large as the one. Now, how can that be when one of the pilots said that one of them was not a balloon? That's just Chuck Schumer on TV. Doesn't Chuck Schumer remind you of this Adam Schiff? Two complete sleazeballs who will say and do anything. Who will say and do anything. Schumer said teams were recovering debris. Yeah, well, Schumer reads the same news that the rest of us read, and no matter what, he will defend Biden, and no matter what, he will attack Republicans. Bottom line is, until a few months ago, we didn't know about these balloons, Schumer said. It's wild that we didn't know. Now they are learning a lot more, and the military and the intelligence are focused like a laser on first gathering and accumulating the information they coming up with a comprehensive analysis. I don't even know what that means. Does anybody know what that means? Canadian Defense Minister Anita Anand told a news conference in Ottawa that one of the objects flying at around 40,000 feet had been shot down. Hours later in the U.S., the FAA said Saturday night it had closed some airspace in Montana and all the rest of it. I don't blame the men and women of the Air Force. I don't blame the men and women who do all the grunt work in the military. I blame the politicians. I blame the bloated bureaucracy at the Pentagon, starting at the very top with this full Millie. I blame the Manchurian president, Joe Biden. I blame them. All these tough guys signing letters about the laptop, the Hunter Biden laptop, 51. It's obviously a Russian, uh, you know, stunt. They were responsible for making sure that NORAD and our skies were safe. They did a... Sh- they, oop, Mr. Badu, I almost did it. They did a very poor job. Didn't they? But what gets me is that first... Communist Chinese balloon, the Derringer. And it was. 
goes from one nuclear missile site to another to another, all three, including the most important of the bunch. And they let them gather information and they pretend they haven't. Then they shoot it down when it's done. But don't worry, America, they blocked their ability to communicate with the mothership, I guess. And I don't believe that for a minute, not for a minute. That all of a sudden we had the capability to do that, but we didn't have the capability to even figure out what the hell it was for so long. That Joe Biden ordered it shot down. And they expect us to believe that. After all the time that went by. So we do not have a, an adequate air radar system to cover the United States. We're talking about derringers. These are the sort of things that were used during World War I. A hundred years ago. We're not talking about satellites in space. We're not talking about supersonic jets gathering information at 100,000 feet. We're not talking about high-tech, cutting-edge technology. And we don't even have the capability when it comes to balloons. Are you kidding me? Like I said, the Israelis would have shot that out of the sky in two seconds. That doesn't make me happy. And how, how is it? We don't, we don't have any, you know, we developed these, these strategic defense initiative, SDI. They mocked it as Star Wars. And the goal was to be able to knock their missiles out of the sky. And we've gone a long way in developing that. But we can knock missiles out of the sky, but not balloons. I mean, something is going on here. And Congress isn't being told the truth. Congress is not being told the truth. I do not trust the head of the Joint Chiefs. I do not trust the Secretary of Defense. In fact, virtually all the other Secretaries of Defense and heads of the Joint Chiefs, including under Donald Trump, except perhaps the last Defense Secretary, but he wasn't there long enough. They're all responsible for this. All of them. Mad Dog. What the hell was Mad Dog doing? What are, what are any of them doing? I mean, I even look at this thing in Ukraine. Again, many of you disagree with me. I think we need to continue to support Ukraine. If you oppose World War III, you have to support Ukraine. Because Putin's already told us his goal is to cut through Ukraine and attack Poland. So let's not pretend it's all begins and ends with this. And the Ukrainians have done a masterful job. They're one-fourth the size population-wise of the, of the Russians. They do not have the industrial capability of the Russians. All their nukes were given back to Russia. Um, and they were promised geographic security and of course they violated it the Russians the way the Chinese did with the the island of Hong Kong but my point is when I hear we're running out of munitions now let me ask you a question we were running out of munitions in Vietnam no 
Korea, which was a surprise attack? No. Can you think of any war short of the Civil War, but since the Civil War, where we were running out of munitions? What is that all about? Supply chain problems? So whether it's bullets and missiles or artillery shells or baby formula or whatever it is, eggs, we're running out of these things, you see. I don't ever remember this happening, ever, ever. But then, PJ Media, Pentagon's anti-white diversity chief, comes up with a novel way to excuse her own racism. I don't ever remember this either. The Democrat Party's racist roots. But with a twist, of course being imposed on our culture, being imposed on the bureaucracy, being imposed on the military. More when I return. Mark Levin. I want to tell you about something to help you protect your retirement. People are worried about the economy because 2022 didn't go very well. For one thing, there's the crazy spending and debt created by Biden and the Democrats. That huge debt affects your savings, especially pensions, IRAs, and 401ks. It's one reason Americans get gold IRAs, to protect their hard-earned savings. Well, here's a company I trust to help you with a gold IRA, Augusta Precious Metals. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. If you've saved $100,000 or more, save for your IRA or your 401k, sign up for a one-on-one web conference to schedule call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. If you have a financial professional, obviously talk to them before making an investment decision. Visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com and check out the risk disclosures as well. I'm going to continue some of this after the top of the hour because you need to know. The Pentagon's anti-white diversity chief comes up with a novel way to excuse her own racism by Robert Spencer at PJ Media. The diversity, equity, and inclusion chief, this DEI, for the Defense Department's schools is in hot water over what are being termed racially disparaging remarks. But Calissa Wing, that's her name, is no Bull Connor. Wing, who actually describes herself as a woke administrator, has indulged in today's most culturally acceptable form of racism, hatred of white people. She's belatedly drawn the attention of lawmakers for remarks she made back in 2020 and 2021, and is fighting back with an interview published Friday in Military Times. Her defense? She made her hate-filled and racist remarks as a private citizen, not as an employee of the Department of Defense. There, now, don't you feel better? Wing said flatly, quote, No, I did not make disparaging comments against white people. I would never categorize an entire group of people to disparage them. Really? Well, let's see. According to a September 2022 Fox News report, Wing, who since deleted her rancid Twitter feed, you know, remember Joy Reid pulled that? Tweeted in June 2020, quote, I'm so exhausted at these white folk, folk, folks, rather, it's about F-O-L-X, 
these white folks in these professional development sessions, this lady actually had the caudacity, meaning Caucasian, to say that black people can be racist too. I had to stop the session and give Karen the business. We're not the majority. We don't have power. So they have redefined what racism is. The only people who can be racist are white people. Blacks and other minorities cannot. That's not the definition, but it's the new definition. Wing was misusing the left's insane lexicon here for folks, F-O-L-X, as Merriam-Webster, which is now as woke as everyone else, tells us, is a spelling that, quote, used especially to explicitly signal the inclusion of groups commonly marginalized. This marginalized stuff, you live in a free country. You can pursue whatever you want. This is one of the great things about Stephen A. Smith's book. Everybody isn't born rich. Everybody isn't born an athlete. You're free. As Shelby Steele likes to say, you're free. Go, go do what free people should do. Be motivated. Get informed. Gain knowledge. Do something. Wing frequently expressed exasperation with how insolently white people dared to behave in her presence. She said, if another Karen tells me about her feelings, I might lose it. When a critic took issue with Wing's claim that racism is ingrained in the very fabric of our country, the diversity, equity, and inclusion chief's response was succinct. Bye, Karen. Now, however, Wing has tried to explain all this away by insisting she wasn't speaking in her official capacity. Quote, I'm now speaking as a not as a private individual, about my private free speech from July 2020. She also attempted to justify her remarks by claiming privileged victimhood status. There's more on this. I really think you ought to hear this because this is part of the problem with the Defense Department. This is the diversity, equity, and inclusion chief, chief for the Pentagon. I've got more when I return. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I want to get back to this. The chief of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Don't those words sound great? Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Who could be opposed to that? Diversity? Okay, that's a fact. Equity, ooh, and inclusion, my goodness. Well, what this promotes is racism. It's not about diversity. It's not about inclusion. Equity, yes. Marxism. So here we have the chief of DEI, diversity, equity, 
and inclusion, and none of you have ever heard about any of this. I'm sure. I hadn't. She's at the Defense Department. Kalissa Wing, K-E-L-I-S-A, Wing, W-I-N-G. I want to thank Robert Spencer for highlighting this for us over at PJ Media. So she has said many, many bigoted and racist things. And then you say, you're racist. You said, no, I can't be. I'm not white. And so that's the new mantra. She says, I was in a space where I was the only person of color. The purpose of that was people wanting to reconcile what was happening at the present time. In the middle of that session, someone just called out, well, black people are racist, too. Didn't have any context to what we were talking about, and I started to explain to her that, yes, everybody can be racist, but we're talking about systemic racism and how that impacts people and their ability for housing, their ability for a lot of things. That's something that I thought that we were there to discuss. I can't advocate for equity and access and opportunity and then not be willing to advocate for myself when an injustice is happening for myself. I have to stand up at some point, and this is the right time. Well, great. But she's supposed to be the diversity, equity, and inclusion supervisor for the Department of Defense Education Activity, which, according to Fox, quote, provides K-12 through education to the DOD community in the U.S. and all over the world. In other words, the children of the military. How will Wing avoid bringing her own racism into her work? With just that concern, according to Military Times, 20 Republican lawmakers, including members of the House Armed Services Committee, wrote to Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, probably a waste of time, demanding to know whether DOD officials were aware of Wing's tweets before they placed her in her current position. Lawmakers also asked Austin whether the Department of Defense endorses the ideology in those tweets and whether it's been incorporated into the curriculum proposed by the DOD. These are important questions, yet the lawmakers sent Austin two letters about this in January, and they haven't received a response. He's busy chasing balloons. Come on! And the mere questioning of Austin apparently is racist. See how it works. The ostensibly marginalized and oppressed, you see, don't think they have any obligation to address the concerns of their putative oppressors. Yes. I think everybody's read American Marxism, don't you, Mr. Producer? I think most of these writers and thinkers have. In reality, of course, Austin and Wing are cussed the elitists. Not oppressed at all. Austin apparently doesn't deign to answer questions from those who have no power to cause him any professional difficulty. And if they get too close, he, like Wing, well, they can just cry, racism. Works like a charm. Works like a charm. Because the racists, in this case, Wing, can't be racist by her own definition. And the administration keeps at it. From the Daily Signal. Conservatives need not apply under Biden administration's proposed hiring rules. I bet you haven't heard this one either. By everybody, Hans von Spakovsky. In a move that's gotten little notice in the press, of course, the Biden administration is proposing federal hiring rules that easily could be abused to deny employment to anyone who questions liberal woke politics. 
criticizes the government or belongs to a politically incorrect organization. The vague, nebulous language of the proposed changes in existing government hiring regulations could be exploited and allow biased government managers to put up a virtual conservatives need not apply sign when it comes to the federal civil service, leaving rejected applicants with little recourse. These people are so evil. It's just unbelievable on the left. The Office of Personnel Management, the Human Resources Department of the entire federal government, proposed amendments on January 31 in the Federal Register, where they know you will not look, to the, quote, personnel vetting investigative and adjudicative processes for determining suitability and fitness, quote-unquote, for government employment, 88 FR 6192. Public now has until April 3 to file comments on the proposed suitability and fitness vetting amendments. As the proposal explains, the term suitability and fitness refers to, quote, a decision by an agency that an individual does or does not have the required level of character and conduct necessary, unquote, to work in a federal agency. This assessment has nothing to do with someone's qualifications for a job and everything to do with a subjective assessment of a prospective employee. Under the current regulation, an applicant is disqualified by, from employment by the federal government for knowing and willful engagement in acts or activities designed to overthrow the U.S. government. Certainly no one disagrees with that standard, since no one should be a federal employee who is engaged in such behavior. It's a standard question that background investigators ask a prospective employee's list of references. But the Biden administration is proposing to replace that straightforward standard with four other standards. Knowing engagement in acts or activities with the purpose of overthrowing federal, state, local, or tribal governments. Acts of force, violence, intimidation, or coercion with the purpose of denying others the free exercise of their rights under the U.S. Constitution or any state constitution. Attempting to indoctrinate others to incite them to action in furtherance of illegal acts. Active membership or leadership in a group with knowledge of its unlawful aims or participation in such a group with specific intent to further its unlawful aims. The first standard above is similar to the current standard. It's not controversial, but the problem with the other three proposed standards, they're so broad and so vague, nuanced is the words of the OPM's proposal. They will give ideologues who predominate the civil services ranks the ability to reject almost anyone who's critical of government policies. You know, like you faithful, traditional practicing Catholics out there. Managers also could reject anyone who questions the acts and behavior of government officials, who voices opinions that don't fit with the accepted political orthodoxy of the times. Let's say it's Fauci. Such as viewing racial preferences and hiring or college admissions as unacceptable immoral discrimination. Do you doubt that? Members of the progressive left long have claimed that words and free speech are a little form of violence, that they amount to intimidation and coercion. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, notably 
claims a criticism of her is not tone, it's violence. And in 2018, former Vice President Biden linked the rhetoric of then-President Trump to mass shootings and terror bombings. Sort of thing that Joe Scarborough accuses Republicans of. After all, if words are venom and violence, the left never needs to engage in real debate, do they? These are the same people who canceled Harry Potter novelist J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling, pardon me, by arguing that her opinions on Twitter represent a violent threat to the trans community. The left is pushing to classify as criminal hate speech. Any opinions with which it disagrees on issues such as illegal immigration, racial preferences, abortion, claiming such speech marginalizes certain social groups is expressing the opinion that there is no constitutional right to abortion, an act of intimidation or coercion that denies other the free exercise of their rights under the Constitution. It's probably the view of those, including the current President of the United States, who have harshly condemned the Supreme Court in the Dobbs case. Ask yourself this. Can you imagine a government bureaucrat in charge of hiring ever claiming that opposition to liberal state abortion laws as an attempt to indoctrinate others or to incite them to action and furtherance of illegal acts, thereby allowing the applicant to be rejected under OPM's third standard? In other words, it's pretty obvious what's going on here, ladies and gentlemen. If the OPM wants to do something to help protect the free exercise of rights by the public under the Constitution, it could start by investigating every federal employee within the FBI, the Justice Department, the Department of Homeland Security, and other agencies. They've been involved in directing social media companies to censor the opinions and views of American citizens. Or if OPM leaders don't have the backbone to do that, how about investigating every federal government employee who labeled the domestic terrorists the parents who showed up at local school board meetings to complain about the racist propaganda being fed to their children. Or every government employee targeted Catholics for their traditional views on marriage, abortion, and other issues. Or every government employee who contributed to the political persecutions of pro-life advocates through the abuse of the so-called FACE Act. Don't ever count on any of this happening. Rather than do the hard work of holding its current workforce to appropriate standards, the Office of Personal Management, that's now run by a radical left-winger, like all the rest of the government under Biden, wants to make it even easier on the front end for the federal government to unfairly discriminate in its hiring practices. That won't be stopped. They will put this in place so that they will have a litmus test for anybody who wants to serve in the federal bureaucracy. In any part of it, from the Department of Agriculture and Department of Labor, Department of Defense, Department of State, Department of Justice, Department of Energy, the Environmental Protection Agency, all like-minded ideologues. Conservatives need not apply. It's bad enough already, isn't it? They want to change the voting rules and nationalize them so Republicans can never win again. They want to add four more senators to the United States Senate from D.C. and Puerto Rico so Republicans can never have a majority again. They want to pack the Supreme Court to turn it into a radical left Politburo so only, only radical leftists will win the day with a majority. 
They want to continue to use the Federal Bureau of Investigation, a.k.a. the American Stasi, to go after their, their political opponents and destroy their lives, bankrupt them, send them to prison. They want to continue to use the Department of Justice to go after parents who dare to, to raise questions about racism and critical race theory and the sexualizing of their little kindergartners who dare to stand up to their preferred NEA and AFT, the public sector unions, their army of precinct workers, or stand up to the, the war, the attack on the pro-life community, which has reached a fever pitch. There are people who want to protect their communities from millions of illegal aliens pouring into the country. Or drug cartels that now have a network, a network, to spread fentanyl and other, and other drugs and their criminal activity in every single state of the union now, and every city. <coughs> Can't hire people who oppose the Democrat Party. That's the bottom line. The Democrat Party is the party of totalitarianism, party of racism. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, when the going gets tough, you can count on big business to have your back. Well, not really. You certainly can't. Because we all know big business, especially big wireless business, is going to lock you down into multi-year contracts with huge penalties. Not Pure Talk, no. The no-contract wireless company. And the only wireless company to offer 100% money-back guarantee. That's right. Pure Talk is so sure you're going to love their ultra-fast 5G service that if you don't, they'll give you your money back. So instead of paying a fortune to Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile every month, cut your bill in half with Pure Talk, my cell phone company, and then start enjoying the perks like a U.S. customer service team that will make your switch easy. Supporting a company... That's veteran-owned and shares your values and who has you covered with a money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code L-E-V-I-N podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You know... Of Mussolini, Italy's Mussolini dictator, they used to say of the fascist, well, at least he made the trains run on time. But our ruling class, increasingly fascistic in its, its outlook and its, its conduct, they don't even have the trains running on time. They can't even get the planes to fly on time. They can't even get a supply chain to work. So the people in Italy, their freedoms were seized, were surrendered. And Mussolini, he pointed to the fact that he could make the economy work, he could make the country work. Biden can't even do that. So it's the worst of all worlds. You're surrendering your liberty or they're being, it's being seized from you. Your decision-making ability, competition, capitalism. And nothing works. And nothing's going to work. 
Think about who we're talking about. AOC, Bernie Sanders, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris. Among them, they have a negative 17 IQ. But none of them are accomplished at anything except at being big government Marxists. That's it. They're accomplished at what they are, which is a horrendous consequence for the American people. I'm quite serious about this. I was talking about the 1619 Project. We were talking about the DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion chief over there for the kids of military personnel at the Department of Defense. A uniquely qualified racist bigot. And yes, you can be a racist and bigot if you're not white. Changing language, changing definitions. Another telltale sign of totalitarianism. I'm a big fan of a professor by the name of Lynn Uzel. I don't know her. I don't need to know her. But I know of her and I've read many of the things that she's written. The lead article she pointed out a few months back in the Real Clear Politics for the 1619 Project is by Nicole Hannah-Jones. Now, this is the woman. May I say woman? I think I will, just to make it easier for the rest of us. That was promoted by the New York Slimes. Maggie Haberman's very concerned about what I tweet, but Maggie Haberman's not very concerned about her own pathetically and disgusting newspaper corporation she works for, the New York Slimes, and the gossip columns she writes, for which she's paid an enormous amount of money. You know, she used to write for conservative papers. Hey, but the money's better on the other side. Nicole Hannah-Jones, not a historian, but a Pulitzer Prize winner behind the 1619 Project. It's pushed in thousands of our schools. You need to know a little bit more about Nicole. May I call you Nicole, Nicole? I think I will, whether you like it or not. So stick with me. I'll be right back. You know, when the going gets tough, you can count on big business to have your back. Well, not really. You certainly can't. Because we all know big business, especially big wireless business, is going to lock you down into multi-year contracts with huge penalties. Not pure talk, no. The no-contract wireless company. And the only wireless company to offer 100% money-back guarantee. That's right. Pure Talk is so sure you're going to love their ultra-fast 5G service that if you don't, they'll give you your money back. So instead of paying a fortune to Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile every month, cut your bill in half with Pure Talk, my cell phone company. And then start enjoying the perks like a U.S. customer service team that will make your switch easy. Supporting a company... That's veteran-owned and shares your values and who has you covered with a money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code L-E-V-I-N podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Well, let me take a little break from the news. It's Valentine's Day, as all of you should know. 
I'm a very lucky man. I really am. Am I a man? All evidence suggests I am. Biological evidence. Even in between my ears, I like to think I'm a man. But I am a very lucky man. Because I have the most wonderful wife. My wife, Julie. And the most wonderful family. And kids. And a niece and a nephew. And an older brother. And I had fantastic parents. And I have a fantastic mother-in-law. An extended family. I'm a very lucky person. I get moody from time to time. Everybody gets moody from time to time. How can you read this stuff day in and day out and have to live it day in and day out and not get hot and cold over it? But still... It's just, uh, I'm very fortunate. Every day, not just Valentine's Day. Every single day. And I bet you are too, if you really think about it. And you're my extended, extended family, right? You join me, hopefully, most nights, but whenever you can. On terrestrial radio, that means AM and FM radio, on... The podcast, which basically is the radio show. You join me on online, live streaming. You join me on the Mark Levin app and the iHeartRadio app. And satellite radio, our wonderful Sirius XM folks. And in so many other venues and platforms, it's amazing, really. It's amazing. So I look at Valentine's Day, how blessed I am, truthfully, and you should too, if you're happy, and it is a day for flowers or candy or dinners and that sort of thing, but, uh, and cards, those are important. Homemade cards, I remember we used to do that. Or purchase cards, if they speak to you. But I want to thank my family. I want to thank my wife. Because I am uh, I'm very lucky. Very, very lucky. And I know it, and I appreciate it. <clears throat> and I want to be the first to tell you, those of you who care... That we went to an adoption event, a dog adoption event, on Saturday. No, wait a minute. No, it was Sunday, I guess. Um, lost dog and cat, where we adopted Barney and, Mar- and Marty some years back. It's a fantastic organization, as are so many of the no-kill charitable uh, organizations that run these events. And I cannot thank you all by name, but I want to thank you all for what you do. You're truly Valentine's. 
And uh, my wife has been kind of motivated to get another dog. I've been kind of down about it all. Not getting a dog, but down about what we lost. But we showed up, and the dogs are fantastic. There was one dog with three legs. That beautiful dog, a female dog, got adopted. A couple of puppies there, I think. We weren't there the whole time. One of them got adopted. I worried about some of the dogs because they're not necessarily cutesy-cutesy. And so I asked them, I said, do they all eventually get adopted? And they said, yeah, they do. There was a big hound dog mix who was beautiful and massive, but beautiful. Just a great dog. And there were others. And we saw this this dog. I would say tannish in color. I'm not great with colors, but tannish in color. It's about 30, 32 pounds. Should have weighed about 40, I suppose. He came out of a uh, out of a place in Puerto Rico where there's a lot of dogs just roaming the streets. And I think there were eight of them. Eight puppies. Three of them died. <clears throat> he was rescued. He's about seven months old. And even though he's a lab mix, he looked a little bit like a little greyhound to me, or a medium-sized greyhound in the face. You know that, that kind of doe-deer look, Mr. Producer? They brought him into the PetSmart. I want to thank PetSmart and Petco and everybody else who participates in these things. And his tail was not up. It was wrapped between his legs, which means he's scared to death. And by the time we left, his tail was out and it was wagging, Mr. Producer. What do you think about that? And, uh we decided we're going to adopt them. About a week or two, we'll, we'll pick them up, take them home. And when we do that, I will share the photo with you. And you will have a brand new life. You won't be trucked around from event to event, even though that's very important that they are, so people are exposed to them but he'll have his permanent family. So we're very excited about that. I am. My wife is. My, our daughter, Lauren, has a dog that she named Reagan. It's a beautiful dog. Was uh, several months old when she and her husband, Nick, and the kids, grandkids adopted him after two tragedies with two other puppies one that died from an automobile accident eventually and another they had for a week or two and had cancer spreading throughout its body and it died my daughter she's uh, she's remarkable our daughter is remarkable and she um, she went along with uh, getting this dog, and Nick is a dog guy, and the kids are. 
they named the dog Reagan. Reagan, imagine that, Reagan. The name we've come up for this dog is Ronnie, Mr. Producer. So when they're together, it'll be Ronnie Reagan, which is what Nancy called her beloved Ronald Reagan. My wife Julie originally thought Max, I wasn't into that. Neither was were too many of the rest of the family, but Ronnie, I like the 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 sound of Ronnie, like Barney, like Pepsi, you know that sort of thing. So uh, that's the update. That's the situation on this Valentine's. And today is also the birthday of my niece, Sarah Levin, and she's fantastic too. My older brother's daughter. All right, now you're up to speed. Mark, for God's sakes, we don't give a damn. All right, well, okay, we'll move on. We'll jump back in as soon as I return. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, when the going gets tough, you can count on big business to have your back. Well, not really. You certainly can't. Because we all know big business, especially big wireless business, is going to lock you down into multi-year contracts with huge penalties. Not Pure Talk, no. The no-contract wireless company. And the only wireless company to offer 100% money-back guarantee. That's right. Pure Talk is so sure you're going to love their ultra-fast, 5G service that if you don't, they'll give you your money back. So instead of paying a fortune to Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile every month, cut your bill in half with Pure Talk, my cell phone company, and then start enjoying the perks like a U.S. customer service team that will make your switch easy. Supporting a company that's veteran-owned and shares your values and who has you covered with a money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code L-E-V-I-N podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I've decided for this coming Fox show on Sunday that obviously it'll be a brand new show that we're going to dig into further this issue of uh, diversity, equity and uh, inclusiveness. We're going to dig into ESG, the attack on private corporations and your pension and other investments. We're going to dig into all this with a gentleman who's really one of the unsung heroes who's been writing about this and talking about this at the Heritage Foundation for a very, very long time. Mike Gonzalez. And uh, he's he is uh, very intriguing. And I know you're going to love him. And then the uh, what's happening in our suburbs now, it started. We talked about this often with Stanley Kurtz. Um, it's been written about in Breitbart by John Nolte, who's done a hell of a good job. And we're going to bring in the former lieutenant governor of New York, who's all over this. And Betsy will discuss this at length as well, as well as my opening statement. So I hope that you'll you'll check in with us Sunday. I know it's only Tuesday, but look, I don't get Super Bowl commercials. I'm not against them. I don't get endless commercials like this Yellowstone on on the Fox Nation and all the rest. I get these quick 10-second, you know, 
Watch Mark Levin. It's like the guy with they used to do Whipple, or not Whipple, the guy with the toilet paper. What was his name, Mr. Producer? He talked real fast. Was it Whipple? No, I don't think so. But it was some guy who talked like this. And he go, what, what, what was that? Just what, who, who's on? What's happening? So if I don't do it, it doesn't get done. And that's okay. That's okay. No problem. No problem. I can't believe we got like almost a one share with a rerun against the Super Bowl. That's huge. And we win the night every night on Sunday night. Every single night. I don't think we've lost in all the years I've been doing this. Which isn't that long. What? Four or five years? But that's because of you. My beloved radio audience. So we'll get into that. But um, I don't think we're going to have time until after we get into the third hour to get into this. But the Democrats have passed laws to destroy the suburbs. And John Nolte, Breitbart's on top of this. We've talked about this for a few years. Obama was poised to do it. Donald Trump destroyed all this nonsense. In the name of equity, again, the Biden administration and state Democrats have declared war on the suburbs. Now, you need to care about this. Because you have national zoning going on out of the Housing and Urban Development uh, Department under the Secretary of HUD. And their entire purpose here is to destroy the nature of the suburbs. Because, of course, it's, it's racist. But even more than that, even more than that, the cities need access to the resources that are in the suburbs. So you're going to see what Joe Biden used to call, or used to oppose. You're going to see this on steroids now. It's happening. The Biden administration is doing it. It's not theoretical. And it's underway. And I want to talk about this with you in hour three. And I want to focus a lot on it on Sunday. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. How you doing, as we say in South Philly? How you doing? Our number is 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. I didn't forget Nicole Hannah-Jones. 
the lead uh, article, 1619 Project. She's prominent throughout television. New York Times has promoted her. Maggot Haberman's uh, newspaper. And in my view, she is an anti-white racist. When she was a sophomore in college, in a letter to her college newspaper, as Professor Uzel notes, she wrote, the white race is the biggest murderer, rapist, pillager, and thief of the modern world. And not only were the white people in America's past, quote, barbaric devils, unquote, but the, quote, descendants of these savage people, unquote, continue to harm the black community to this day. Non-white peoples, by contrast, were uniformly portrayed as both virtuous and victimized. Now, if that's not racism, I don't know what is. She would be highly qualified to be a host on MSNBC. And uh, now some of you might find that irrelevant. I do not. But as Professor Uzel points out what we find in her Pulitzer Prize winning contribution to the 1619 Project is more modern in tone, more sophisticated in composition, but otherwise it's the same racialized dualism she espoused in college. It's racism, pure and simple. It's the kind of racism that's now being taught to our children. It's the kind of racism that's been teached taught to children in the military schools. It's the kind of woke racism that's being pushed on our military while balloons fly above us. And now, as I explained in the prior hour, it's the kind of racism that's going to be compelled if you want to work in the civil service throughout the federal government. And I'll be damned if I'm going to roll over for this. That's why I'm calling it out at every turn hitting it on every platform I have, wrote about it in American Marxism. And now this, as John Nolte writes in Breitbart, in the name of equity, the Biden administration and state Democrats have declared war on the suburbs. The Biden administration and Democrats in New York, Connecticut, and other states are fighting local zoning laws And the former lieutenant governor of New York points this out, who will be on my show Sunday. In order to build high-rise apartment buildings with affordable units in tree-lined single-family neighborhoods, all in the name of equity, meaning everyone can live in a tranquil suburb whether they've earned the money to pay for it or not. The Biden administration announced on January 19th, one month ago, that it is going to require all towns across the United States, all towns across the United States, to submit what they call, quote, equity plans, unquote. This should shock you. And you should demand that your local officials, your state officials, and your federal officials get involved in this to stop it. Showing how they will make it possible for low-income people to live there by providing affordable housing, transportation, and other resources. Towns that don't meet the cookie-cutter requirement for economic diversity will lose federal funding. They call it economic diversity. Oh, because they're Marxists. That's what they do. The left's seething hatred of the suburbs is readily apparent in popular culture. Where movies regularly portray these tranquil tree-lined neighborhoods as hotbeds of racism. 
repression, sexual dysfunction, and hatred. Unless it's in the hands of a genius like David Lynch, the result is usually tired and stereotyped. For every classic like Blue Velvet and Ordinary People, there's a ton of garbage like Revolutionary Road, Little Children, Pleasantville, and the Stepford Wives. Why does the left hate the suburbs for starters? We tend to vote Republican. We're still, we're truly happy in the suburbs. The suburban way of life provides people with fuller lives if they are unbothered by central authority and control. We prove government causes way more problems than it solves, and nothing makes the left angrier than happy, contented people they cannot control. And I would add, they write, that nothing proves that everything the left believes in is a lie more than the suburbs do. It's in the blue cities where all the violence, hate crimes, lousy schools, traffic jams, gun violence, and environmental issues like smog occur. It's out in the mostly ungoverned suburbs where people of all races get along, where the water and air and streets are safe and clean, where the schools are functional, where we all own guns, but there's hardly any gun violence. So what better way to destroy the suburbs than to turn the suburbs into just another lousy Democrat-run city? And they're talking about Hochul in particular. Because Hochul is now pushing this. She's doing with a new law what will force each town and village in New York metro area to increase its housing stock to meet a uniform state-imposed target and rezone for high-density housing apartment buildings within a half mile of every MTA train stop. So what happens then? The plague of failed cities spreads into this, these idyllic areas. Democrats move in. Those whose voting patterns ensure ever more destruction, especially in the schools, say goodbye to quaint downtowns lined with two-story buildings and older houses. Yep, that's the master plan. What's more, Democrats have climbed into bed with big developers who cannot wait to enrich themselves by tearing these towns apart. Nothing destroys a community faster than renters. And I say that, he writes, as someone who's been a renter. In my little neighborhood, the only stress point is a rental house. Everything else is placid and serene. But every once in a while, idiots move into that house and make life hard on the people who live nearby. So I can't imagine what a multi-unit apartment building would do to undermine the way of life, not to mention our property values. Democrats are locusts, he writes. They've already consumed and annihilated the cities. Now they're moving to the suburbs. Locusts, something I've been talking about. But Nolte is a very straightforward writer and thinker, and, he, and he's largely right here. That's the goal. The goal is to incorporate the suburbs into the metropolitan areas as part of the city. And now the Biden plan has put this into action. Last month, they put it into action. They will cut off all federal funds if you don't provide them with an equity plan. And as soon as these towns and communities provide an equity plan, it's over. Now the bureaucrats and the Democrats, one and the same, will make 
the decisions about where you will live, how you will live, what your neighborhoods and communities will look like, the values of your homes, what kind of homes you can have, the schools, what kind of schools you can have. Now they're going to have complete control. Just think about this in the last decade or so. Climate change. That's been the phraseology under which they will control the economy. Control how you live. Automobiles, trucks, the size of your home, air conditioning systems, heating systems, oil, gas, electricity. And they will be able to monitor you and they will be able to collect data and they will get it all under the name of climate change, under the name of that nomenclature. And then when it comes to this, they will destroy private property rights. They will decide and control local zoning decisions. Alexis de Tocqueville wrote two volumes called Democracy in America, and he said one of the great strengths of America, if not the greatest strength, is there are thousands and thousands of villages and towns that will never assent, never acquiesce to tyranny. There's just too many. He was a brilliant man, but he didn't foresee the enemy from within. An enemy that that seeks to force us to commit suicide, that sabotages liberty, sabotages private property rights. This is how they intend to devour our towns, our neighborhoods, our, our counties. This is how they intend to do it. And by our, I mean not just white. I mean everybody. It's one thing to follow the American dream and live wherever you want, buy whatever kind of home you want, whatever kind of automobile you want. It's quite another to try and turn small towns and villages and communities and the suburbs and the experts into dysfunctional cities. They seek to nationalize their agenda, whether it's the voting system, whether it's open border, whatever it is. This is why they don't believe in individualism. This is why they dehumanize you. This is why they walk around with buttons in the Senate floor that are literally pro-abortion. They don't want it rare. They want it everywhere. It is sick. It is a sick ideology. These are sick people, and it's a sick party. Backed by a corrupt and sick media. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, folks, we've got an awful lot swirling around this country, both internally and externally. We've got wars going on in all parts of the world. We've got riots effectively going on in our colleges and universities. We have inflation through the roof. It's an election year to boot. All these problems are often huge tailwinds for gold, which is why gold is at all-time highs, looking like it's going to go higher. And when it comes to gold, I only trust my friends at Advantage Gold. They help Americans just like you protect your retirement accounts and help safeguard your wealth through diversification. So call them right now, 800-900-8000. Get their free 2024 gold and silver kit, plus a special Mark Levin discount worth up to $1,300 
if you qualify. Call Advantage Gold right now, 800-900-8000. See if you qualify to get your special Mark Levin discount worth up to $1,300 today. Performance may vary. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should always consult your financial and tax professional. I'm moving and I'm grooving, as my buddy Marvin says. And so on the moving side, the Chief Justice of the Israeli Supreme Court has done things that a Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court could never do, including politicking, including lobbying against the current government and their judicial reforms. Can you imagine? So my brilliant friend Arthur Ferguson took a look at some Israeli law. Section 284 under the penal law prescribes that it is possible to convict a civil servant in Israel for the offense of breach of allegiance should it be proven that he, in this case she, had committed an act of breach of allegiance or fraud when serving in office. And this even where such an act had not been deemed an offense if it had been committed against an individual. A civil servant committing, while serving in office, an act of fraud or breach of allegiance, compromising the public, even where such an act not constitute an offense had it been committed against an individual, is expected to be sentenced to three years imprisonment. Pursuant to this section, I'll explain it in a minute, Breach of allegiance may be any action taken by a civil servant in conflict of interest. Any action taken by a civil servant in conflict of interest. Any action. So basically, even where such had not constituted a criminal offense, had it been committed by a private person, when a civil servant carries out actions that may compromise the public trust he or in this case she may be charged with serious offenses of fraud and breach of allegiance the criminal prohibition on breach of allegiance is intended to maintain the protected values that protect the image of public service maintaining integrity and fair and honest conduct as well as protection of the public interest this is a very broad penal law is it not very broad now I'm sure that most lawyers in Israel will be loath to say anything publicly about this but that doesn't mean it shouldn't be said so I am if the chief justice if she is impossible violation of this criminal penal statute or law by lobbying to oppose the elected government at the same time that she's ruling on its cases. And the result of her efforts would be to protect her own power and that of her colleagues. And it seems to me, as an observer, then she should at least be investigated by a person with independent authority to bring, to determine whether to bring charges against her. Now, Mr. Producer, we're going to take this clip and we're going to send it over there and see what comes of it. But it seems to me that this is at least relatively straightforward. 
I mean, when you look at the breadth of the laws, the ambiguities, the nebulous nature of the terms that were used to bring charges against Prime Minister Netanyahu, about which Arthur and I have talked about in the past, well, this would seem to be more straightforward than any of that nonsense. I mean, here she is sitting as the Chief Justice. Cases are being assigned to her colleagues that challenge the very composition of an actions by this court. And she's taking a position in which she is condemning it or lobbying against it behind the scenes or working against it. So it seems to me what she has done does in fact demand a criminal probe. At least that's my view. I mean, this is not right. A chief justice is not supposed to conduct herself this way. Uh, And yet, in my view, she did. In my view, she did. Now, I don't have time to do all this. But you saw that slaughter that took place in Michigan, right? Michigan State, MSU. And there was a press conference today, and I began listening to it, and the governor of Michigan, who's very low on the IQ scale and extremely partisan, she immediately started with the gun control. I wanted to hear from the police chief. I wanted to hear from the experts. Instead, we get these politicians. And... She says, we know that this is a uniquely American problem. Uniquely American problem. Fifth anniversary of the Parkland shooting, she says, we're mere weeks past the Lunar New York shooting of a dance hall, a few months past a shooting at elementary school in Uvalde. Looking back at it, okay, she's going on and on and on because she one day wants to be president of the United States, and this is what the Democrats do. Ladies and gentlemen, they could take every single weapon and bullet from the American people. And people are still going to be murdered. But you will lose your liberty. There's no doubt in my mind about it. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, radio's principal patriot. Call in now at 877-381-3811. Well, well, where's this show going? It's gone so fast. They always do, you know, at least in my view. I want to tip my hat to Mike Pence. This is from Fox News. Mike Pence to fight Department of Justice special counsel subpoena on Trump's efforts to overturn 2020 election results. The language here is inaccurate. It's in all the media. All the copy boys and copy girls are writing the same thing. Overturn the election results. There are no final election results until Congress votes. Until Congress votes. Until Congress determines who the electors are. Until Congress counts the electors. 
It's not even technical. It's the way the Electoral College works. It's the way it's always worked. The final say isn't some rogue prosecutor with a grand jury in Washington, D.C. who hates Trump. The final say is not the Attorney General of the United States. The final say is not the sitting President of the United States. The final say is not some court. The final say is the highest political legislative body in the country, the Congress. That's the way the framers wanted it. That's the Electoral College. All the states participate through their electors. And in the, ele- and in the, in the end, the members of Congress decide who the President of the United States is and who the Vice President of the United States is. I know over the New York Times and Media Matters and Mediaite, I know over at the Washington Post and these other places, they wet themselves over this. But that's the rule, whether they like it or not. So when you say Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 election results, the election results are not what the networks say it is. It's not what litigators say it is. It's not what legal analysts say it is or hack tenured professors say it is. It's what Congress says it is. Which is why that's the final battle. For all intents and purposes, Congress serves for those purposes and only those purposes as not only the legislative branch, but as the executive branch and the judicial branch. They have the final say and all the say. So until they voted to accept the electors, there were no election results to overturn. Mr. Producer, have I made this clear? Is it hard to understand even for a leftist or a corrupt media personality? Maybe it's hard to understand by a rogue federal prosecutor. All those people who swear to uphold the Constitution, they might want to read it from time to time. So I make this point because should this rogue prosecutor go after Trump, Trump's going to have a lot of defenses. The problem is that the courts in Washington, D.C. are controlled by the hard left nitwits, the crazies that find abortion and now in the 13th Amendment. Everybody overlooked it, but wait a minute. The chief judge of the district courts in Washington, D.C., she found it. We were all looking, all looking, and there it was in the 13th Amendment. Where is it? Well, you need special X-ray glasses that they used to sell in comic books, you know? You need those to find it. Oh. Former Vice President Mike Pence is preparing to resist a Justice Department grand jury subpoena for him to testify on former President Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 election results Fox News has learned. So what this administration, what this Justice Department, and what this rogue prosecutor are constantly doing What they are constantly doing is destroying all traditions, all customs. They're going to drag a former vice president who's a likely presidential candidate into a federal grand jury. Source familiar with the former vice president's thinking told Fox News Tuesday morning that Pence's plans to fight the election, excuse me, the subpoena issued last week by 
Jack Smith regarding the January 6th investigation into Trump on the ground that he was president of the Senate and should be shielded from the order. Currently, it appears Pence is not planning to assert executive privilege. Politico first reported on Pence's decision to challenge the DOJ subpoena earlier Tuesday, citing two people familiar with the former vice president's thought process. No doubt one of them is, uh, his first name is Mark. No, not me. His aide, Mark Short. Former vice president's allies told Politico he's protected by a constitutional provision called the speech and debate clause, which generally shields members of Congress from having to fear that anything they say during legislative activities will implicate them in a lawsuit. Now, this is withstood attack, the speech and debate clause, on many occasions throughout the years. And it's almost a, a red line that people who litigate are not permitted to cross. But everything has changed now. Everything has changed now. And it's a very good argument. He thinks the speed and debate clause is a core protection for Article One for the legislature. One of the two sources familiar with Pence's legal strategy told Politico in condition of anonymity. I don't know why they're leaking to Politico. Politico is the enemy. He feels it really goes to the heart of some separation of powers. And I, I, and I want to applaud Pence because he's trying to protect the Constitution here. He's trying to protect separation of powers. He could try and go after Trump, who's kind of brutalized him over the years. And Trump feels very, very wronged by him. But all that said, this is above all the static. This is an issue of separation of powers and the extent to which this prosecutor is trying to use this grand jury to interfere with that last election. And these courts better think very, very hard about the precedent they are setting. When one party controls the Justice Department appoints a special counsel, not to investigate itself, which is why you appoint special counsel, but to investigate the other party. That's, that's a new one. That's never been done before. That's never been done before. That's not why you appoint a special counsel. If there's a conflict of interest, or an appearance of conflict of interest, let's say... There is a criminal investigation of the Biden crime family, which, of course, there isn't, but there certainly should be. That merits a special counsel. But if you're going to conduct a broad investigation of a potential opponent to Biden, a potential Republican nominee or somebody who's announced that they're running for president in the Republican primary process, you don't appoint a special counsel for that. That's absurd. And so what Pence is doing here is laudatory. He recognizes separation of powers, and if he doesn't fight for it, there's nobody left to fight for it. It's that simple. It's like dragging Trump's lawyers in front of a grand jury. What happened to attorney Kleinberg? Well, crime fraud exception. Well, they argue that all the time. But the judges in D.C., most of them, stink 
They sit around the lunch table. They commiserate how wonderful they are. They're just lousy in my humble opinion. And even in my non-humble opinion. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. See this, Mr. Producer? You know how much Ben Affleck was paid to do that Dunkin' Donut commercial? Over $10 million. And uh, some money for charity he was given to give to charity, too. And then the uh, his wife, what's her name, Lopez, she showed up, and then they integrated her into the into the commercial, and they gave her a million or more. I'm thinking here, I could get a 14-ounce Dunkin' Donut coffee, two chocolate-frosted donuts, maybe one French crawler. And I'd be a happy man, pretty much. I mean, maybe pay me something. But that's not going to make me want to go to Dunkin' Donuts or not go to Dunkin' Donuts, is it with you, Mr. Producer? Man, is that easy. No wonder he's a lib. He figures this is how everyone can live. It's unbelievable. For Dunkin' Donuts. Any other donut places out there, the next Super Bowl, hire me. I'll do it for $2 million. And my wife can do a cameo and drive up too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She doesn't like me eating donuts and stuff. But, you know, I think, I think for that she'll, uh, she'll agree, Mr. Producer. But that's stupid money. All right, you want to hear a little Ted Cruz on the... Well, I should take calls is what I should do. All right, Mr. Producer, I don't have my call screen up. I promised I would take calls, so let's take some. Irregular or irregular America, Mr. Producer? Lillo, K-S-K-Wath? K-L-S-D, I apologize. Uh, how are you? What? Mark, yeah. I'm fine. Uh, I am a, a Limbaugh conservative. That's good. Me too. And uh, first, well, first, <laughs> thank you. Uh, first, I want to say that um, what do you think of when I say the CIA is running the White House? What do you think of? What do I think of? I don't know. What do you think of? Yes. Well, what I know is the military runs the CIA, which means the military is running the White House. Um, the Constitution the does not matter to these people. They're all in, Mark. I agree. They're all in. There's no question about it, in my view. No doubt about it. You love the Constitution. I love the Constitution. Yep. They hate it. They disregard it. They mm. do not care about holding laws, holding on to laws. They want one thing, and that's power. And the mm. best way to hold on to it, military control. What power can fight the U.S. military. So you think the military is behind all this? No, I'm, I'm saying the White House is being run by the military. Everything else that filters that's out. what I'm it, saying. You're saying the military is behind all, all that's taking place here. The White House. Pretty much, yeah. Since Afghanistan pullout, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I agree with that, but I do believe the top brass of the military... Uh, has taken sides in this political battle here at home. I don't think there's any question about it. 
All right, my friend. I appreciate you. God bless you. Who's next on the list, Mr. Producer? Go. Sirius Satellite, Gerald, Simi Valley, California. How are you, Gerald? Fine. Thank you for taking my call. You're a great patriot. I've been in Simi Valley for 40 years, and we were a bedroom community, nice, friendly, about seven years ago. They started pushing for low, very low income, high density um, apartments here. And the city council said, no, 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 we don't want it. The AFL said, we're going to bankrupt your city. The city let them go. We now have diversity and equity. We've got crime. We used to be the first or second safest city in the state. We now have crime, catalytic converters being cut off of cars, going into uh, storage where they have motorhomes, cutting off fleets in there, and we got our first smash-and-grab robbery out here. So thank you to the liberals that have screwed up a beautiful city. Simi Valley, where the Reagan Library is. It is. It is a beautiful place. Now we got people running red lights. We got traffic. We got trash. We have diversity and equity out here, and it didn't used to be like this. It's happened in the last... I'm going to say seven years or so, our city has gone downhill. It's really You're obviously bad. a white racist, sir. Obviously. And what no happened is it. now we're getting conservatives back into the city council and we're going to fight this. But they got another 2,300 low and very low income apartments that they need to get in here to help us with more diversity and equity. It's very sad. Very it sad. is very sad. I. I notice that Adam Schiff doesn't live in places where there's a lot of diversity. I notice LeBron and and uh, Obama don't. I notice the commissioner of football doesn't. I notice most of the people that push this agenda don't. Just leave people alone, for God's sakes. Stop telling us what to do, where to live, how to live. That's not the way this government is supposed to function, for God, for crying out loud. We're supposed to have our liberty to be anything we want to be, not this. And we'll stay on it, I promise you, America. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. We salute our truckers. We salute the freedom fighters in Ukraine and Taiwan. And you, the greatest audience of audiences, happy Valentine's Day from my family to yours, to each and every one of you. God bless. God bless. 